Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Moral Hangover Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dombrowski, and I'm here with my producer, Victoria Bruno. You guys, Victoria is pissed today. <laughs> I really think I'm just, like, not in, like, my tip-top mood today. Katie described it perfectly. She's like, you're a little irritable today. <laughs> yeah, like, so Vic's mom always comes in the like in the room where she's recording right before we start recording and her mom I don't know what she's doing but she's literally always there and then it's like mom get out close the window she's like I told you not to be in here and <laughs> she's a little more aggressive than usual the other day I was in like a, a work call and she came in when I specifically said please don't come in you distract me and I'm, I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to pay attention I'm trying to engage and so I muted myself to scream at her. And I was like, get the F out of here. And people on the call were like, what'd you say? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Because <laughs> like, they thought I was trying to talk to them. But, you know, was clearly muting myself to scream at her. Yeah. Well, I do that. If it's like a, if it's a small enough meeting, I literally won't even mute it. I'll just be like, can you stop doing whatever you're doing? I'll, I will directly say that while I'm in the meeting to the person in my family I'm trying to talk to. And you will not mute yourself? Yep. I'll literally call them out. I'll literally be like, I'm on a meeting. Can you not do that right now? And they'll be like, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I am so embarrassed. Like, even if, like, my mom makes a crinkling of a paper, I'm like, you're too loud. Literally, my sister, I'm in a call, and my sister's going through her handbag, like, rummaging through this shit. All I hear is, like, like, I literally, it's like. Just so much noise right next to my laptop. I was like, did you see I'm on this call right now, right? Like, do you think now is the perfect time to go through your purse? You, like, right now is the time. Where are you going? You're not even doing anything. Like, and if you're going to do it, can you just move your purse somewhere else? I just don't, I just don't get it. I think it's just so funny how, okay, by now we've been doing this for almost like six months now. And you're used to like, everyone has either a dog starts barking, a kid runs in, like something happens, whether it be whatever. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm still so embarrassed by it because everyone's used to it by now. Like shit happens, like everyone's home, you know? Yeah, it's true. But I still get worked up. Same. I literally spaz out. I have like a, a literally a five minute spaz and it like throws off my whole day and then I have to like regroup myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, I love when like people who have kids, when they come into the Zoom calls or whatever, and I'm like, oh, a kid. But I know, they're so probably cringing inside that that just happened. But then I like seeing like them in mommy mode because I feel like we don't ever see like our superiors in mommy mode because usually, you know, they're running shit. So it's cool to see them a different side of them. I know. I agree. All right, enough about work. No one wants to talk about work. Love that paycheck, though. Um, that Friday paycheck just hits different. It just really does. We need to go into our updates. So, Vic, tell us about your life update. You have one. Before this, I was like, Katie, I don't have life updates. Like, I just live vicariously through you, through other friends. Like, your life updates, like, I feel like are a part of my life. Like, I am you. You're fully invested. <laughs> you're actually fully invested. Anytime I need help with a text message, like, you're the one I go to. Because you, yeah. you're so in the loop because we talk all the time that you're in the loop of who's going on with what, with, with what boy, with what relationship, all of that. So last week we time an episode because of the giveaway. But two weeks ago, we talked about how I've been newly dating. So I was dating a lot last year and I was in a totally different place. I was so eager to get a boyfriend. I was literally trying to make anyone my boyfriend. Like it didn't matter if we were compatible. I was like, you're my boyfriend. Like, what are we doing? Can we date? And now... A year goes by and I think about how embarrassing and cringe that was and how I'm at this point in my life where like I have my friends, I have 
my job. I have my like podcast and those take up so much of my time that if someone fits in my life, great. But if not, I'm not going to stress about it. Like Vic and I were talking and she was like, would you date someone? Like, would you get a boyfriend if you want, if you were like into it? And I was like, yeah, I would have a boyfriend only if I felt like he was compatible and like, it wasn't a huge thing trying to force something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you admitted that because I feel like it's so big with people our age to be like, yeah, I'm not dating. Like, you know, everyone's just so afraid of getting like effed over pretty much. That's what it comes down to. Okay. That's me though. I was thinking that today. I'm so afraid of getting screwed over. I am. I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I won't openly admit that to people, but I am. Like, I don't want to invest my time and go on so many days and like, start to catch feelings and then have you not feel the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary. It's like, so scary. But that's the thing. Like, when you're in a place that you are right now, like, you feel so confident with your career, with where things are going, with your friends, all that, that a boy, whether or not he fits in it or not, is not going to phase you. If he wants to be there and he wants to, you know, fit himself in there, like, great. But you're not going to stress over it to yeah. try to be the girl that you think he wants. Yeah. And putting 100%. in all that effort. It's like I'm barely putting effort in at this point in time. And the boys I'm talking to love it. Which is the weirdest thing. They don't want the nice girl who's, you know, going to change their whole routine for them. They want someone who has their shit together. And, like, is doing their own thing because I literally, I want answer text messages, not on purpose, just because so many texts come in between, like, friends, between work, between podcasts. Like, there's just so much to keep up with that if I miss your text, I'm sorry, but sometimes it happens. It just falls through the cracks. And it's not like, hey, people say, oh, if you wanted to text them back, like, you would. It's like, there's a lot of fucking people I want to text back, but, like, I've got a fucking empire to run. Like, I can't be texting back everyone. They're going to have to wait a day or two. So, anyway, after that long-winded response. <laughs> I was texting this boy and I text, I like didn't answer his last message on Monday. And all of a sudden, obviously he was thinking about me all week. He texted me on Friday and he knew I was away that weekend. So he's not texting me to hang out with me. He's like texting me to talk to me. And I'm like, okay, you're basically double texting me at this point, And you are only doing that because you think I'm not interested and you like that chase. Honestly, it even works when you're in a relationship. Like guys, I've been in a relationship for, I don't know, a long time. And a century basically at this point. <laughs> And sometimes, like, I always answer Andrew's messages. That's my boyfriend, for those of you who don't know. So, like, sometimes when I really want to get my point across, because I keep my reads on with him, I'll just, you know, let it sit there and be like, I'm not eager to text you. Because usually I always am eager to text. Sometimes when I want to play hard to get, I leave him on red. And I'm like, I don't. Do you really do that? All the time. I was in a relationship. I would not do that. What would you do? I would grab my phone so quick if they texted me and be like, like, I'm going to text you back so quick because I'm obsessed with you. Well, I especially do it now when he's with friends because he's always like, you hate when I hang out with friends. So I'm trying to act like the cool girl. And I'm like, have fun. And then if he'll he'll text me back, which he usually does. (laughs) But when he does, I read it and I don't answer. (laughs) Wow. He wants to text me, he can I pulled a have fun liner to this one boy that I'm like texting and it was putty in my hands from that point. So this guy was out clearly like not with me, but he was out and we had a date. Com- we have a date coming up this week and he accidentally sent me a voice memo. And in the voice memo, I can tell he's out. There's like music bumping. I can hear people. And I wrote, enjoy yourself tonight. Winky face. 
I just wanted to stir the pot, like see, see what comes from it. So then he goes, how can I improve myself without you? And then I pulled it out of my ass. I said, side hoes are a thing for a reason. And how I was implying it was I was meaning like, I'm the main one, like go have fun with your side hoes. But he took it as he's my side hoe. And he responds back and he goes, am I your side hoe? And I was just thrown for a loop. It literally shows that you're doing a great job at playing why men love bitches because you need to show that you don't need them. So I haven't read the book. It's on my list. Honestly, who the fuck has time to read? I'm just saying. Like, I read emails all day. I don't have time to fucking read. Um, But if I did, I would read why men love bitches. And I keep seeing it all over TikTok. And I just need to pull this video because I sent this to you the other day among my other 20 million videos I sent you. I've been hearing about this book so much. When we first heard about it, remember when Serena came on the podcast, Serena Kerrigan? Yeah, it was like a year ago, which was, like, I was almost like a half a year ago. Yeah, and she's killing it. And, but she's so right. Like men want someone confident, someone who knows what they want and not someone who's going to like chase after them all the time. Like that's just too easy. You're so right. And one of the first, lessons in this book is anything that you chase runs away which is so truly if I think about the people I chased I scared the shit out of them like I almost came on so strong that they wanted to get away because they felt suffocated like my my ex when him and I started dating like I feel like we clicked at first but I think I was definitely like chasing him to like want to date me because I was like okay like we're in college he's older I know he like got a lot of girls and I think I was chasing him to the point where he was like oh my god when's this bitch gonna leave me alone until I trapped him into dating me. I trapped him so hard. I was like, so he flew me out to where he lives. And we were hanging out for the weekend. And when I left, I said, if you don't make me your girlfriend right now, I'm not going to date you or talk to you next year at school. Total psycho. But it trapped him. And then we started dating. So there we are. I never knew this story. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes I do think the psycho approach works with some boys. But if you truly want the guy to be obsessed with you, you can't go with that approach. No, you can't. The psycho approach. The it gets them the date. It gets them for like a little bit. And then they're like, yeah. fuck, what did I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's almost like you're too obsessed. And like, this is why we love the burner system. We talk about it all the time. This is one of our first episodes we talked about. Is having other people on your burner so that you're not obsessing over the one person. Because when you obsess over the one person, you're checking their Instagram to see what they're tagging. You're checking their memo to see who they're hanging out with. Like, it becomes too much because, like, you know their Aunt Kim, and, like, you really should know their Aunt Kim, but you've been Facebook stalking so hard that you're, like, 132 weeks in. You know, you just <laughs> – it's just too much. And it honestly, it's so much more better, like, when it's organic conversation because the worst. And this happens to me so often when I stalk someone so much that, like, I'll bring it into the conversation. And, like, they're like, oh, I didn't know I told you that. And I'm like, they're on to me. I don't know. I just think there's this thing of, like, girls trying to be hard and act like they don't want a boyfriend when, like, everyone wants to be cuddled at night. Don't lie and say you don't because you freaking do. No oh, yeah. 100%. No one wants to sleep by themselves. Like, I literally cuddle with myself at night. The whole I want to act like I don't have feelings thing, like, yeah, you can only play it for so long. But then at some point it's like, okay, like, I do have feelings and I'm pushing them to the side and I'm hurting myself because I'm telling this guy I don't care if we're just doing whatever because no you do care you do care a lot and you're gonna cry later but he's like oh same it was the same thing like he's just you're putting out the bait you're manifesting and putting out the bait and if you're putting out things you think he wants us to hear like it's just not gonna happen mm-hmm. and kind of on top of that the why men love bitches and just like being confident in yourself and knowing that you don't need him I feel like at a certain point though you need to be honest like if you're feeling it don't just be in denial of it 
Yeah, but because when, when you is hurt it, yourself. When is it appropriate to say that you're feeling it? Because I feel like I make my mind up pretty spot on. Like if I internally know if I'm forcing it with someone, if I wanted to work with someone because I see qualities with them, I know when that's the case. And I know when I feel like I'm connecting with someone based on personalities. And if I see it going somewhere, I straight up want to be like, immediately want to be like, hey, like what, what are you seeing? But you can't say that because then it scares the shit out of them. Yeah. And it seems like anytime you're in the conversation, it's like, oh my God, she wants to date me. She wants to marry me. It's like, Okay, so what if I do? Well, it's because you're, like, good at reading people, and you can clearly tell when you don't like someone. So it's not like, okay, you're not coming out saying I want to date you, but you would like to know, like, are you just into me? Or- so now that I like all these, like, dating things on TikTok, this topic came up, and it was guys on a podcast, and they were basically saying, if you take a girl on a date, which this is where it gets sticky, it's because once other things get involved, if you know what I mean, like, while you're going on dates, you're not sure what the intention is. And this is what they said in their pockets. They're like, if they're taking you on a date, it's either one of two things. They either want to explore down under or they really are interested in you as a person. But you have to figure out, like, which of the two that is. Which is why I feel like asking. But when can can I ask? Like, when do you ask? Like, when is appropriate? Yeah, like, it can go either way. I I don't know. Three days is too soon. Like, I feel like, honestly, I may have to push it out a month and then be like, like, are you seeing anyone else? Like, are you texting other pictures? Yes or no? I think it's fair to ask, like, what are you looking for in dating? There are people that are like, I'm absolutely not interested in dating. But they're like, but I like hanging out with you. And then I'm like, fuck you. Bye. Enough of my rants. This week we have Tana Montana. She is huge in the YouTube space. She is currently a huge YouTube editor. So you know all those people who have these videos, yeah, they don't edit that shit themselves. That's something I just learned the other week, and that's what she does. And she is so incredible. I actually met her at a bar in Philly, and she was like, I'm on YouTube. I was like, I have a podcast. Let's collab. So here we are. We're so excited to have her. Um, And she kind of gives us her life update and everything that she's been up to recently. I apologize about the bad audio. My audio is constantly shit, you guys, and I don't know what it is. I need tech support. Like, I, every single episode, I say to Vic, I'm like, we need tech support. I'm like, where is Best Buy Geek Squad? Because I need their tech support right now. <laughs> but that's all. And now it's time for episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Tana Montana. Victoria and I have Tana Montana. Which every time I say that, I keep singing the French Montana song. That's like Hannah Montana, but it's Hannah <laughs> Montana. Get it right. She is a Philly resident and she pops off on YouTube. She has 274K subscribers on YouTube. And I actually met her when I was out drinking at Attico. So Tana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited actually to be on here. Oh my God. I love that. Even if you're not, I'm happy you're saying it. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> You guys have such good energy with your podcast, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Oh, thank you. It's because we're literal crackheads. Like, no offense to actual crackheads, but, like, we bring the crackhead energy. It's the only time we can, like, let our personality out. Okay, let's talk about how we met because I'm pretty sure you were with, like, semi-pro athletes. What? No, you knew them. You Okay, so we've been at Attico in Philly. Yes. I was trying to get a drink, and you and your friend were so sweet, and we started striking up a conversation. And you were like, hey, do you want to get a drink? Just slide in between us. And then we started talking about random stuff. No, but you knew those guys who played basketball, didn't you? Yeah, these guys, apparently they went to school with my friend who I'd also met at a bar. So I guess I have like a thing with like meeting friends at bars. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like fell into knowing them that day. So I didn't know them before that. But usually like Attico has people to know. So <laughs> Right? That's why I go. That's the only reason why it's I go. It's a whole strategy. <laughs> 
can we just can I just tell you the one guy him and I were having conversation and then he was like I want to take you on a date but I have kids and I was like oh, oh my, god. my god I'm running for the hills so who were these people you knew them they were like the pa- the basketball guys <laughs> I don't even know their names I just know that like everyone kept talking to them and I was like oh I can't even remember what college they went to. Might have been Villanova. I, this was when even was this? This was what? This was last oh, year. Yeah, this was the the day before coronavirus restrictions started. <gasps> You're and right. The last day of freedom when they were like the DJ had a sign on his booth that was like, "Do not approach DJ. No song requests." Like, yeah, the DJ was a dick because I went up and asked for Cardi B, and he was like, "No, we're not doing any exceptions." And I was like. No, Cardi, I'm just trying to help the vibes. Yeah, so, like, this was, like, the last time we could be out freely as, like, our old life. You're so right. That's so funny that, like, you guys, the last time you both, like, you know, went out to a bar, well, unless you went recently, but you guys met each other. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you know Sloan? Because we actually interviewed Sloan a couple of months ago. And I remember you said that to me, but I couldn't remember how. Also because I was, like, 10 shots deep. So from this nice basketball gentleman. <laughs> so the funny thing is the way I actually met Sloan was because I was at Law Cologne and I actually met her brother and he just came up to the counter as I was ordering and was like asking them for a charger. So I was like, oh, I have a charger. So I let him use my charger. Then we started talking. Um, he talked about his mom's company, about editing and things like that. And then he showed me Sloan's Instagram, but didn't tell me anything. He's like, what do you think about this girl? And I was like, okay, like, she's cool, like, I guess, yeah. And then um, he was like, oh, she's my sister. And I was like, oh, okay. And then later. I don't like that move. Like, because I would be the one to give my actual opinion and be like, I mean, Sloan obviously is like fab, but like any other, you you just don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what they're going to say after. So it's kind of like. He totally trapped me. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Exactly. And so then um, when I was working at Rescue Spa, she came in and then I saw her name um, when she was about to get a facial. And then I was just like, hey, are you Sloan? So it was like kind of random. I was like, I met your brother. Like it was just a, a random thing. And then I just kept seeing her like the Schuylkill River with her dog, Don Pepe. And- yes. <laughs> so, He's yeah. the mayor of Philly, Don Pepe. Wow, that's so funny. What a small world. So tell us about LA because Vic and I are trying to get our asses out there. We don't know when, we don't know how, but tell us how you got out there and how you're back in Philly. Okay. So, um, I'm actually originally from Arizona. So oh, where? I'm from Tempe. So right near Arizona state. Um, that's where I went to school. So that's like Scottsdale, like the general area. Of, like, oh, we love Arizona. Scottsdale. Yeah. <laughs> um, we so love Scottsdale. Scottsdale's like a, it's like the precursor to LA. So once I was done with school, I studied marketing. I had done YouTube videos in college. Like I started in 2013, which is why I have the name Tana Montana, because it was like the big Hannah Montana phase that I went through. Um, And so once I was done with school, I was like, I wanted to move to the place that made the most sense for what I was, whatever I was going to be doing. This is what I decided like pre-college. And LA was just where every YouTuber under the sun was moving. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to LA. And then I, since I knew people from YouTube, there was a girl, she needed a roommate. One of them backed out last minute. So then I just like, I moved within a couple months of graduating. So yeah. And then I lived in like the best apartment, like walking distance to the beach. It was like amazing. Like, honestly, I was like 22. I did not even realize like the, the craziness, like LA is really amazing. Both of you guys 
definitely go. Definitely. <laughs> but how I got here, um, so I was living in LA. Um, and every, I feel like every cross country story is like, there's a guy involved. So I met this guy. I love this. <laughs> and he's actually from, uh, from Pennsylvania. So I was just doing like the, I lived in LA for like a year and a half and, um, just kind of like the whole time I was there, um, it was just like partying and like having fun and, and just kind of like living that, like the ultimate, like. LA lifestyle. Um, and then I thought I was ready for like, kind of like settling down and like moving in with a guy. So we like moved in after a week and then we decided to move back to the East coast. Um, we moved to New York just cause we were like, he wasn't, he wasn't really doing anything. He was doing school. So both of us were just kind of like free since I didn't have to go to a job every day. And so I took advantage of the freedom and was just like, let's move to New York. <laughs> and then uh, we lived in the East Village for a few months, and I was just like, this is not the lifestyle. So Philly was like the next best thing. It's way more like digestible than New York, and just a lot cheaper, obviously. And it's the proximity, just like the whole East Coast vibe is what I wanted. Like I lived in Arizona, so I'd already kind of like had the endless summer, and I just wanted something different, which is like, it sounds crazy to everyone who's like from here, but... I was just so used to that lifestyle already that I wanted to change. Yeah. I think there's few people that are like, oh, I'm going to, I'm from the West coast. I'm going to go to Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm from New York and I love Philly and people at home get so mad about it. Cause they're like, how could you like Philly? Like it does not compare to New York. And I'm like, okay, I understand it doesn't compare to New York, but something about Philly, I kind of like the smaller city type vibes. Like you can drive into Philly and not like, die like new york city the traffic's impossible it's just it's too much i think philly is like the perfect medium for me and i actually like i agree with that because i feel like since i lived in la it's like the competition there is just like you're you're basically like nobody there so like same thing with new york but like philadelphia you can kind of like mix and mingle with like the big wigs you know like it's just a lot easier to like make a name for yourself and I was kind of like done with that whole like competition aspect of YouTube so I feel like Philly was like this this place where you, you feel like if you wanted to start something you can kind of like conquer this city versus like LA or New York it's like that takes like years if ever you know I could definitely see that I feel like in Philly you're always a few contacts away from knowing someone who can like help you network to whatever you want to be Definitely. Um, okay, but also I need to know, do you like New York or LA better? Because my mom is always trying to sell me on New York and I'm trying to sell her on LA. So what do we think the pros and cons are? Okay, I think the pros for LA would be I prefer driving. Like I don't mind the traffic at all, but I feel like everything in New York is a hassle to do. Shopping, moving, doing your daily routine is just so much harder um without a car and just like having to like navigate through a city and I think that New York is definitely more expensive people I feel like there's always that debate like people are like mm, LA or New York which one's more expensive LA is definitely cheaper New York is like 10 times more expensive even just like what you spend in a day living your life it'd be like hundreds of dollars a day just to sustain your your life but in LA it's a little bit more like everything you do is kind of more on the free side. Like there's the beach, it's outdoor. It's like oriented to like the outdoors. So it's like, it's a lot cheaper and you can do, do things that don't cost any money where you're still like being social, having fun. Okay. Um, 
And then I would also say the pros for New York though, is that you're, you're like really close. You have everything. Like, like you can still go to the beach. You have the seasons and everyone kind of lives on this like cycle the cycle of the seasons whereas in LA it's like you kind of feel like you're living the same day over and over again because every day is basically the same but I mean for me yeah (laughs) for me I would say if I was going to pick one to live in I would say LA because I'm just used to that like I I guess since I did grow up like that grow up with a car and like being able like having things farther away and like space in New York you're paying so much and you're getting a crappy like shithole with like rats but yeah, you know, like, we don't like that a lot, and you're getting like a nice large space, <laughs> even if it's like just a studio. It's still like larger, mm-hmm. and no washer dryer, because <laughs> my boyfriend lives in New York, and he's always talking about in the future going to like move together in New York City. As much as like I want to, because the idea of it sounds great, I'm like I'm not compromising. I'm not having a washer dryer in my apartment. And in New York City, that's, like, impossible to find. And I know it it sounds so stupid. No, I think that's totally valid. Because it's, like, that's the thing with New York. You don't even get the basics. Yeah. It's, like, you have one closet, and you don't even have a washer and dryer. Your kitchen is tiny. Your bathroom's tiny. It's, like, it's just there's not. And then the only place you have to, like, go home to a sanctuary is is tiny. So it's, like, that's L.A. all the way. I'm going to go with L.A. All right, I'm going to tell my mom to listen to this episode. <laughs> I'm like, are you sold now? But I want to go back to how you got to Philly. So are you still with the guy that you moved to Philly and New York with? I'm no longer with him. Um, oh, see ya. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it kind of was like, I, I don't do things unless I kind of have like a backup plan anyway. Like, I wanted to live on the East Coast. I wanted to experience that. And this was kind of just like, at that moment, this was the bridge that got me there. Um, so like, he's a great guy, like nothing against him. Like, and he showed me a really cool, cool place to live. So like, I really like living in Philly as it is. So yeah, I'm happy, happy that I did move though. It's good. I love a PC answer about relationships. (laughs) Usually I'm the one that's like saying something crazy. I shouldn't be. Let's dive into YouTube. So you got into it. Then you, you were starting at what during college? I started it in 2013. So I was in high school. I did a few videos. I like one of the first videos I did was uh, a what's in my bag video. And I classic. I had a Vera Bradley bowler bag. Like, oh my God, I can't. And I went around the house and grabbed random things and put it in there. And was like, hey guys, like look what's in my bag. (laughs) (laughs) Vera Bradley's were the shit back in the day. If you didn't have a Vera Bradley, like you were not an it girl. In the 2000s. I definitely agree. That was like, I, I was at like the epitome of cool there with that bag. So yeah, I started uh, just doing kind of like makeup videos more so. And then as time went on, like I was always very interested in um, interior design. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into the room decor, DIY, stuff like that. So you're a big DIY girl. Yes. The do-it-yourself craze was like, 2012 no no it was 2000 like 2015 or 14 or 15 and once that started it was kind of like that the advice I would always give people when doing YouTube was like do something that you're good at because then people will be able to see that you're good at it and then you'll just take off from there and that's like exactly what happened with the DIY the room decor I'd always just like really been interested in that kind of stuff and then also making stuff like 
really inexpensive and accessible was already like what I wanted to do because it's like Urban Outfitters sold pillows for like $60 that had an evil eye on it. And it was like, I wanted that, but I wanted it cheaper. So that kind of other people obviously felt that way too. So the DIY space was just like this huge, this huge thing that everyone was doing videos. And then that's just kind of how I like got discovered. And then I would, I just kind of I like tracked my subscriber growth. It was like, I, I had 10,000 and then it was like 17,000 the next day and like 20,000. And it just grew up from there, like doing all DIY videos. And I'm sure the rise of Pinterest had to help too, because that's where I go for DIY. I'm not like a big interior design girl, but I mean, as you can tell, my room is like kind of crusty. I may need your help. But I think that was also at the same time was coming, becoming popular as you were doing the DIY trend. Totally. And another thing was, yeah, like linking your videos, putting them on Pinterest, making sure like that was like when, when people didn't really know about um, sort of like how social media worked or how YouTube was like working, people were still kind of like figuring it out. So what I did, I just watched what other people were doing and, and tried to make content for each platform based on what, like just as things came up, you know, like it wasn't like I specially made a new post for Pinterest. It was just like, maybe I took a screenshot of the video and just posted that on Pinterest. And that's, that's what got views. Like you didn't have to like curate things as much. It was kind of just people would search stuff and like everything was different. Now I feel like you go on Pinterest and like you see like 12 of the same photo because people are like following this formula. But back then it was just like, you know, just get it out there. Like that was my strategy more so like saturation. So like just do a lot of content all the time. Just keep it in people's faces. I mean, that's what definitely makes you stick out because I think when people look to YouTube, they want someone who has that consistent content. Like I'm obsessed with this one girl, Naomi Boyer, like recently. Have you seen her? I haven't. She's like not really that big on YouTube, but she had a TikTok and I loved her outfits on TikTok. And then now I'm like obsessing with when is she going to come out with a new YouTube? And I feel like consistency is key, especially in quarantine because people are looking for like something to look at or something to do to stay engaged somehow and not eat a bajillion snacks. <laughs> Definitely consistency. I think yeah, like over as time has passed and as things have changed, I think consistency is that one thing that has like stayed consistent. And the thing is too, when you're consistent, you get better every time. So it's just like... Mm -hmm. Just that's what we're trying to do here. I don't, I don't know if we're getting better yet, but that's what we're trying to do over here. I mean, you guys have had, I've seen like a lot of your guests. I'm always so like, wow, like these are really good guests. Like I we're like, like wow. Guests. We're thank <laughs> you. Like, um, do they answer the right email? Seriously? No, but it's been good. We're so happy to add you to the guest list. We should make a book and have everyone sign it. Like you know how they do it, like bathrooms. It'll be like, mm, sign it over here. I want to talk about your break from YouTube because you were doing it for a while. You were really in the thick of it and you definitely kind of taken a little bit of a break. So tell us about like your latest life change of direction. Yes. So, um, when I was kind of slowing down on the videos was when, uh, it was sort of when I left LA, um, and maybe being away from all the people that do the same kind of thing as me, kind of put things in a different light. Like I wasn't around people all the time who were constantly filming or worrying about their Instagram or worrying about what their feed looked like. So I kind of just like stepped back from the world and took a look at it and saw kind of in a way like how toxic it can be. Just like the constant comparing, everything is based on numbers. And 
also it was like at a point when I felt like I couldn't say the things I wanted to even say like you had to think so much about what you had to say it became like that like a corporate job where you're like silenced or you have to make sure the brands that you're working with are okay with what you're saying so I felt just sort of that it got a little a little too controlled or like I had to watch everything so closely just to see how I was being perceived and that's just like never a good, a good thing to feel. So I took a break and stopped doing videos kind of slowly because I didn't want to get out of the YouTube scene fully. Um, so that's when um, one of my friends uh, that I had met through YouTube when I was in LA, we did a collab video together. So who was the friend? We love to get nosy. Who was the friend? <laughs> uh, her name is Madison Miller. So she has a YouTube channel um, with like 500,000 subscribers. Okay. She does makeup videos. She's really popular for like her PR hauls. She's very informative, talks about the makeup, like is just has a very, very type A. So I, she posted a tweet that she was looking for an editor. And at that time I was like, kind of not really doing videos. So I was like, hmm, like I could edit videos. Like that's cool. Cause I, I still, like I said, wanted to be in the world, but not on the camera side where I had to worry about everything, all of production, like me being on camera, my background, my setup, my lighting, my sound and every just everything and then editing it at the end of the night and just feeling like so depleted so it's kind of like even just how in any job you kind of go to your specialty you know so like I'm kind of now I realize like that was one thing that I liked doing and something I was even known for on YouTube when I thought back to it the comments would always be like oh we love your editing like I love how you edited that video like comments like that so then and you're like yeah I'm dope as shit like I'm a dope editor <laughs> I'm gonna own it. I kind of just fell into it that way. Like, as I was kind of wanting to be on the background of it, that the natural progression kind of happened. And then just so happens Madison was looking for an editor. And I've been working for her for like the past four years now. Wow. What do you use? (laughs) Yeah, I use Final Cut Pro. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, and a lot of times like with editing, people will use like Premiere and Adobe, but really when it's, when it comes to, especially like, I'm really lucky that she was my friend before I started working for her. So I kind of had like the freedom to do anything I wanted. And as long as I produce the video, then that's all that matters. So yeah. Um, I've worked for like now I'm freelance, but I used to be contracted through a company called Ipsy, you know, like the little Ipsy bags. Yeah. Yeah. My sister subscribes to Ipsy. She shows me every single month when it comes. It's like our little tradition. (laughs) So cute. But yeah, so like I used to work for them and like do editing for just some of their creators. But, um, now I'm just solely doing Madison's videos. And then when I had a manager, when I did YouTube, so she kind of sends me her clients. So it's really like, I'm, I'm just lucky to not have had to like mm-hmm. build from scratch. Like I didn't have to find people. I didn't have to like reach out. It's all kind of just like come to me. And I think that that is sometimes that's how, you know, you're like in the right place, you know, mm-hmm. you're honestly in like the right spot because I'm an avid YouTube user. Like that is my favorite social media platform. Vic loves YouTube. Okay. Vic used to be <laughs> big on YouTube. She had friends on YouTube. Not she even big. With it. No, don't, don't diminish yourself. Hype it I out. was involved know. in YouTube when it was like, remember the days when it was like music videos? Like that was not talent doing that, but you know, like the music videos, like, I don't know. I had friends on YouTube and I, I still talk to a few people from YouTube and it was always the big thing to move out to LA. And these, when people are in high school and I was like, mom, dad, like, why can't you let me do this? Like these people are moving there. Like I knew, do you know Jen X Penn? Yeah. She's from Pennsylvania, isn't she? 
Yeah, but I was from New York, but it's funny, like, people, I think, from my school kind of know her, but she was someone who I, like, talked to sometimes, like, I still have her on Facebook, and we were, like, YouTube friends for a little bit, I haven't talked to her in, what, maybe 10 years now, but she was one of the ones who just moved out, and she's literally doing so, she's huge, and I'm like, okay, but these YouTubers now, it's, like, a big thing that they're becoming so big that they have less time to edit, so it's like the editor is like, I follow more fitness people now. And they're always this girl, Nikki Blackheader. She's always talking about her editor and like, I don't know, everyone's always talking about who their editor is. So you are like in the greatest spot right now. Cause I was looking this morning, Addison Ray like posted a video a week ago with Courtney Kardashian. And I guess all those people in the hype house, sway house all have this one editor. I think his name's like J-Rod, but I was looking it up and I'm like, this kid, makes so much money like you literally got to go to Courtney Kardashian's house just because you're the editor and filmmaker which is so important like exactly. you make it happen but you don't have to like put yourself in front of the screen exactly. and the nice thing is I feel like there's been a lot of cancel culture among YouTube celebs with things being resurfaced or you know just with how like times are changing and there's definitely been I think people have had a huge hit to their brand so it's kind of nice being the behind the scenes and not having to worry about that Exactly. Like, yeah, going back to like having to control every little thing you say, like, I'm glad that I'm not in the spotlight, but mm-hmm. I can still like, I still feed off of that. It's like celebrity gossip, you know, it's like, I yeah. love being a part of that world. And the other thing is to like, I I'd worked for my like celebrity client that I worked for. I worked for Shana Mokler, who was like Miss USA mm-hmm. a bunch of years ago, but she's married to Travis Barker. Oh my god, I know who you're talking about. She used to have I'm a big reality TV show girl. She used to have a reality TV show years ago with Travis. Yeah. Yeah. The Barkers. I was a huge fan of this show. So when I got this job, I was like fangirling. And so I flew out to LA, like helped her set up her YouTube videos in her house, like bought the camera, went with her daughter, and then we even filmed videos at Travis's house. <laughs> Were you oh scared? His tattoos scare me. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not trying to be an anti-tattoo person. But a lot of tattoos and piercings kind of like, kind of scare me. I like them. My crush when I was like, during the MTV days, like 12 or 13, like I was obsessed with him. So like, I was just, it came all full circle after I got to like, go to his house, film a video with his daughters, like crazy. I love that. It's funny, like that's why for Katie, like, when we started this podcast, I was like, you're the host. Like, I'm just the producer. I was like, why can you get the cancel culture on me? <laughs> no, because just, like, I just like being more behind the scenes. I wish I liked editing. I studied production in school. Editing just takes too much time for me. I don't like it. So I give you props for being, doing it, because it's so hard. And anyone who says editing is easy, because people make comments about it, you're wrong. It's so hard. What do you say to people who think YouTube's so easy? Because we always hear, oh, having a podcast is so easy. Like, this is so easy for you guys. And I'm sure that's said with YouTube as well. And people don't know the ins and outs that go into it. Yeah. The thing is with people that say things like that, I don't say anything to them because they're, they don't know. And they're just mad because they couldn't do something so easy and like make a bunch of money off of it. Like, that's, I feel like how it was. They're just, they're mad about the fact that it seems like something that you can do in your house. You don't have to leave. You don't have to be like a slave to your nine to five job and you're doing better than them. So, so really I never gave those people like the time of day. I just, I, those, 
those people just are not even in my like radar to even think about. So for that, like one, they don't know. And also the thing is, since it became more popular, I feel like people do kind of know now the work that it takes. So like time just kind of fixes that itself. Like people now know, like when people on the news talk about it, like that's how the mainstream person finds out about this sort of thing. So I feel like it's getting coverage now that it does take a long time and it is hard work and it is a viable career path. So people are kind of recognizing that, but even if they're not like, honestly, screw those people. They're, they just Tell them. <laughs> Tell them. Um, I want to dive into your one video. You did an assumptions about me video and I've been seeing that that's been a huge trend within this past year. What were some of the assumptions about you that people are saying? Okay. So I remember one was like, they assumed that I was like really stuck up or like something like that. Like it's just stuck up or that like that I had a lot of money or something like that. And it's like, I think that that it's, it's one of those things where like you can make yourself look a certain way um, or like portray yourself a certain way online. And I think that the thing is like, I've, what I learned even from being on YouTube is like to not even care about what those people say. So like even the assumptions, Mm -hmm. it's like, there is, I feel like there is some truth to what people say because you do have to put yourself in a good light to be a creator, like to be, to, to have people want to watch you. So yeah, obviously yeah. Like you're going to look like you're having the time of your life or like the best, living the best life ever if you want to be in the spotlight. So yeah, there is some truth to it, but like also it's like, who cares? It's also like, you're not going to have a bag of McDonald's in your background. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're obviously like trying like presentable and like, you know what I mean? I think people forget about that. They do. It's like a job interview. Like you're not going to, you're going to put your best foot forward. You're going to like dress up your background. Like I did, like, you know, you're going to, you're going to try a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, is that, I love that tree in the back. Is it a fiddle leaf? Yeah. I'm obsessed That's with your background. Thing. Yeah. I like actually want you to design my room. I, I actually think I'm going to ask you right now. So, okay. We redid it. It's <laughs> pink. When I got, it's not pink. It's just like. off white almost green tint it's I might paint or picked it I don't even know but I'm trying to make it glam what are some glam touches I can give to my room to spice it up you can't see because it's messy and I like underwear all over the ground I'm like in the process of kind of doing laundry but how do you like glam up a space I would say for your space start out with maybe some like velvet curtains or like something textured that can really add a lot with not having to buy like an entire new like headboard or anything. And then for the sides of your bed, I'd probably, you could either do like nightstands with lamps or wall sconces. I feel like wall sconces with lights, even the plug-in ones, you don't have to like- It's a very hotel look, like a very like elevated look. Yeah, if you want it glam, like, I mean, the color does kind of take it a little bit more to like shabby chic. Ew, does it really? If you could, yeah, it's a little bit like Connecticut. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I'm like embarrassed okay <laughs> I appreciate the feedback so I like recently it used to be hot pink so luckily hot I'm pink. Up out though so then I can make sure I don't get this color again because the painter Neil picked it out Fine, I'm not bitter I think the color would actually be something that if you could change that easily then I would change it okay what color should I change it to like now I'm self-conscious what like color do I change gray. it to like a, not even a gray like a blue gray you need like a very you need like a stock builder taupey gray Topi gray. Okay. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I'm not sure what color it would be, but like just something neutral because your bed, like your bed, your headboard is great. The Chanel picture is great. You just need some lighting in there. 
some like lamps or some sconces if you can't change the color and then the okay. curtains those are the those are some good so you don't like the currents these are expensive as fuck and i'm like shit gotta return oh, it they are they, are they pink so they're satin blush okay well the thing is like with the color of the room that's the problem so all right all right or maybe you need some better lighting yeah maybe i'm not seeing the the colors correctly no it's just gotta go it's gotta go i need a new color and you know I hate my room, but I'm always saying, because, you know, in college, I was like, okay, this is my college room. Like, I have to just get whatever furniture is the cheapest. And then, like, this is my first apartment post-grad. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to buy any furniture yet. I'm going to wait till my next place, and then I'm going to try to, you know, redo it. And your place is giving me some inspo. Like, I love, I love green and, like, the greenery. I feel like it makes a spacious look lively. I don't know. Am I wrong? No, totally. No, it totally does. I definitely. So maybe even try some plants then. <laughs> True. Good point. I just need help out here. That's what I need a personal assistant. I literally was texting Vic today. I was like, I need a personal assistant. I can't do all this shit myself. Anywho, I want to talk about some recent events that happened to me. So we have a segment called Hangover Get Over. And since you're a single lady, I'm a single lady. Vic's not a single lady, but she can play along. How do you get something back after leaving it at a guy's house? Any tips? Voting for a friend. <laughs> I'm just like bold. I feel like when it comes to guys for that, um, I would probably just. <laughs> I know it's like, what's, what's the right way to say it? So if you want to see him again, or let's say, let's start out. If you don't want to see him again, tell him that, to mail it to you. Oh my God. You did say <laughs> that Katie. I did say that. <laughs> that was the first, that was like your first thought. You're like, let me tell him to mail it. <laughs> If you do want to see him again, this is so you don't waste your time getting ready. So plan another date and then either before or after this other date that you're on, tell him to meet you at the place you're going. You're going to look really good. Tell him to bring the thing and just be like, okay, I have to go. So you have your excuse and you're gone. You get it before your other date. You're all ready. And then you're already in the city. So you don't have to go back home and you're not just making the trip for this item. That, you that is smart. That's strategic. You don't want to get ready for nothing. True. I'll keep you updated. I'll let you know. I'll slide in your DMs and let you know. <laughs> Please do. Power move. This is, we do every single episode, we do a power move. So basically your life hack, how you got to where you are, like what's your motto, your mantra. Hmm. It's kind of hard on the spot. I know. I know. I, I was thinking of the question when I saw it yesterday. You probably have great things to say. Because I feel like you, the fact that you've traveled everywhere, lived different places, and how old are you? 27. 27, yeah. Like, in your 20s. Like, literally, a queen doing all this. I think it's just to, it sounds cliche, and I feel like everyone, before they say something, they're always saying it sounds cliche, but it's, like, actually true, and they say this exact thing that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're afraid to do it, just, like, do it. Don't think, don't, just plan it afterwards. Pick the thing that you, th this is actually it, okay. Pick the thing that you want to do. That's the little point. And then don't worry about the roadmap to getting there. Just like create that point first. And then once you do that, you'll be able to make your roadmap to get there. So don't worry about how you're gonna get there. Just focus on where you want to get. Manifest it. I love that. Like in your roadmap, are you planning on staying in Philly? Like, do you have anything planned? <gasps> My roadmap. Um, 
see, you know, my next stop was going to be Chicago at some point. Chi-Town. Um, my ex is in Chi-Town. <laughs> Shout out. It all just depends. There is this guy that I'm seeing that is in Philadelphia. Ooh! But he's not actually in Philadelphia at this current moment. So he's back in Turkey for like three months. He'll be back in October. So we'll see how that goes because we met at like the beginning of quarantine. Um, and yeah, we spent like the entire time together. And now he's back there until October. Once he comes back, we'll see how things go. And we'll see if I want to stay in Philadelphia for longer because this is where he'll be. Damn, okay. Like the defining moment. It's like 90 Day Fiance when they like meet for the first time. I love 90 Day Fiance and I've been watching it like constantly. I haven't, but I know people love it. It's so I've never good. seen it. Oh my God. You have to watch it. I just don't know how people do it. Like I can barely talk to someone and they kind of know. I can't just talk to a rando. For me, that's like my specialty. I feel like. I'm talking like, to randos? Yes. <laughs> maybe that's how I met those basketball players. I mean, maybe. I mean, it worked out. It worked out in the end. I got my little fruity cocktail. I was all for it. Well, Tana, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. Where can everyone find your YouTube, your social, follow you, all of that good stuff? Yes. Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Instagram at TanaMontana100. And if you need an editor for anything, just uh, send me a DM or email me in my bio. Perfection. And follow us at the Moral Hangover Podcast. We have new episodes every Monday. See you guys. Bye.